Guardian, we've picked up a high-gain transmission. Origin point is somewhere along the coast, near the Cosmodrome. live from all the way in the cosmodrome spaceport uh, in russia because that's where, where the whole thing is the ghost tells you is the russian spaceport um all the way out to neomuna and places beyond because there's some crazy stuff going on here. and <laughs> but this is the show all about destiny 2 and the, and the world around it the great game that, that that bungie has put together for us that you can check out this show every almost every Friday that we, what we try to get cooked up. We're a little bit late this week. We had some stuff going on, but we are back at it like a crack addict, as Run the Jewels once said, and we are going to dive straight into it. Don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Digital Radio, Spotify, YouTube, um, Amazon Music and Audible, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you enjoy content, please make sure you check out the show. If for some reason you cannot find this show, make sure that you check out um cosmodromeradio.com where you are able to then check us out and be able to find the show at your favorite location it seems like the brunt of our listener base is enjoying us on spotify so shout out to our spotify listeners we we appreciate you for checking us out um but we're gonna go ahead and dive into this episode um you can also follow us on twitter at cosmodrome radio we we tweet out the twid every week it's not the twop anymore it's twid we know a lot of the community does not look at this week in destiny article so please if you are part of the destiny 2 community please make sure that you are checking out that article because it is vital to knowing what is coming up especially this week because not only did, did bungie not tell anybody <laughs> that, that that solstice is next week but there's there's news about P pvp changes that we're going to be talking about there's different changes about the new scout rifle so please make sure that you are checking out the This Week in Destiny article every week. If you need to check us out to find it, we will always retweet that every week. So make sure that you're paying attention to that. My name is Panda the Paladin 2. My left, we have the woman who finally got her freaking Aquanaut title right before the podcast this evening. Our favorite MV, MV kicking butt. Um, Tower Mom, how you doing? I'm doing good. I wasn't sure if you were gonna see that. I wasn't sure if it was gonna. Oh, it pop popped up. up. It popped up via Charlemagne. So I was like, let me let me let me give give the give the shout out to Mama real quick. <laughs> my screenshots yeah. and the notifications like I am being forced Charlie because she takes forever. <laughs> That's funny. And then to my right, we have the president of the Zebu Wrath fan club. The man who came in triumphantly to help us finish a divinity run right before the podcast. We have Deva. How you doing? I'm doing damn good today. Look, we got some div runs through going. Look, that was some hectic shit. It was very hectic, it. yes. But we got it. Look, and everybody's having a good time now. Most definitely. That's all that matters to me. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into this. I, obviously, y'all, we, we ain't been here in a minute. We've been handling some stuff. And honestly... For a hot minute, the community really just kind of had us like not really wanting to speak on stuff. There was so much negativity and we truly didn't want to add to it. We tried, we recorded it, like we, we recorded a little bit, but frankly, it just felt like we were just adding to the negativity in a bad way. So like we'll we'll gloss over a little bit of it. Like not like we know that folks have been really frustrated about the like the lack of PvP support. 
Um, we know Glad kind of came at everyone's throats about the, pe- uh, the people asking for PvP support. <laughs> um, that was a big controversy where uh, a big, well-known streamer, Glad, uh, who is a day one raider, came out and said, hey, PvP players, why are you still here? Why don't you understand that this game is not a PvP game? It's a PvE game with a PvP attached to it. And it was a very interesting situation where, like, he's trying to explain to people that, like, this is a whole different dynamic than what you think it is. And I I very much enjoyed the take. But at the same time, there was a point where Bungie really did care about PvP. But you can't totally say that anymore. And I think part of it came from the community pushing so hard for hardcore players to enjoy PvP and not really caring about casual players enjoying PvP. And that definitely created a lot of strife in the community to a like a severe degree. But we, you got to sleep in the bed you created. And we're at a point now where the game has been defected by it. Um, I was like, like, Dave and I have been going at it for the past couple of days talking about that, where it, it really it truly feels like the community has sort of ate itself alive in regards to that. It really has. Believe it or not, I'm not I think glad because, like, I don't really appreciate the way that he plays Destiny. He only comes in for, you know, day one raids and then just, like, fucks off and does his own thing, which, fine, he does his own thing, that's great. But, you know, at hearing that take, like, uh, broken clocks twice, or broken clocks, right, twice daily... I mean, but like to be fair, Glad kind of has a point in a big way, especially because of the fact that he kind of he kind of reached a point himself where he checked out mentally in terms of there wasn't a whole lot of challenge for him. He was burning himself out playing the game. There was even a point in his video where he talked about how the the, the there's no grind worth it in the game except for day one rating for him because the challenge just isn't there. And for and for those people, that's more power to you. I had fun getting people through a div run a day. We 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 got a newer new light player through a corrupted GM last night where none of his armor was masterworked and we had a fun time doing it. Like there was there's still fun to be had in this game, but some people don't have fun anymore. That, that's on them and like that was part of what Vlad was talking about in his video where he wants the PVP players to go find their happiness another another avenue. So I kind of have to respect the way you put it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like I said, Glad may not be my favorite person, but like, he does his thing. And then he, you know, he comes into Destiny, does his thing, and then, you know, goes off and does other stuff. And he doesn't do it in a way that's like disrespectful, in a way that a lot of the community has been recently that like i've been seeing on twitter like Mm -hmm. just today just today bungie store you know because they're doing the bungie rewards week after bungie day last week um today they posted up a tweet of uh the drifters voice actor reading the malfeasance speech which one one of my favorite speeches that you get from an NPC after after finishing their quest for mm-hmm. their specific exotic. I love that speech. And you said the store posted that? Bungie store, yeah. Bungie store. Well, like every it, it was on the Bungie store Twitter page. Um uh-huh. posted that up because 
they're the ones who are running the rewards week for um oh, for me they for even that. posted anything on twitter in four days that was, they posted like they posted a I, new thing about the collector's edition being mini, oh, mini dogs, though. oh no i'm sorry it wasn't the bungee store they have so many pages so i'll have to i'll, I'll have bungee to foundation yes bungee foundation thank you thank you oh yeah no, i found it i found it because yeah no, uh he's right there it's, talking about it yeah yeah i mean it's it's cameo format his face you know he's going through that speech again it's one of my favorite speeches from I like, that the, I like that the bundle they included for the seven days of prizes is like the drifter rubber duck and the drifter statue oh, it's so freaking cute yes but my point mentioning that is like if you go through the comments there's like you know five six seven people replying all talking about how you know Bungie Justin. doesn't deserve another penny in my money. They keep serving us all hot garbage in terms of player support and less and less Destiny-like content. Rip off. Yep, yep. And, you know, it, it sucks because you've got people uh, like that who who bitch and moan and complain, especially on pages that have nothing to do with the actual game itself. The Bungie Foundation is a charitable foundation. It's not the development page. You know, you've got that side of the community who just, who still plays the game, yeah. but like whine and moan in non-context. And then, you know, you've got Glad who comes in, does his thing, and then fucks off and does his stuff, you know, in other places. And he respects Bungie and the devs. And, you know, when he's not playing Destiny, he's not playing Destiny. And it's yeah. all good does this thing i respect that like i said he's not a person because when i first came into the community he was very much a hardcore destiny player and he had that dude bro attitude about it that i do not like but he's grown up a little bit and you know just respectfully does his thing when there's nothing to to challenge him in the game and right. i respect that yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's definitely the way it feels where it's like some people just don't and like there, there was one thing that he even said where um it feels like for people a lot of pve players they're making their own fun with, with like in the same way people are doing like low man activities and like flawless run raids and dungeons they're they're doing it because they feel like they're not being challenged but for me it kind of feels like Bungie's doing their best in the in the time they have. Like, just look at the freaking um, the new scout rifle mission, which we'll dig into a little bit in a minute. Like, a lot of people figured out on accident that if you if you accidentally activate Toland, the freaking activity is balls to the wall harder. Like yeah. that. Like no one knew that, and like especially because the modifiers for that week were ch uh, chill touch. You had every taken in the arena freezing you nonstop. And a lot of people didn't know that. So it was very much a situation where a lot of people were just constantly getting frozen and they didn't know what the hell to do. So it feels like, and I just saw people, there was a different couple, a couple of different people who were like, oh, this is too easy. I'm, and like, Salta Grepo even like solo flawless at the, at the same day. And I'm like, bro, not everyone can do that. There was people actually actively asking Bungie to lower the difficulty of it on the first day. And to be fair, I will say... If it weren't for the modifier and the timer being as short as it was, 
I would like I feel like they could have picked one or the other, but but not as, both. Like, but not both. Like 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 if you wanted to do both, you could have made like a legend version for the catalyst or some shit. Especially because that arena is so vast. That arena is so huge. You could have had two bosses in there with a bigger timer or some shit. And I would have been like, cool, bet, do it. But like that like like I don't know what they're gonna do with that arena now, because that arena feels like it has so much more to offer the player base. So we'll see what happens with that. But then, and then there is the there was the topic of like Bungie's monetization practices. There there was a lot of controversy in regards to that because Astacross did a giant deep dive into that. And truth be told, Bungie is a company. They're gonna they're gonna do what they do, but it, it does feel like in a lot of ways they're trying to nickel and dime a lot of people when it comes to the expansion prices, the um the, the just that the the monetization to get into the game where it costs like four hundred dollars to buy everything out the gate. Like those different things are definitely worth worth that. Is is that like a good eighty percent of that is money that you choose to give ever versus you know like a a lot of it is like the expansions and whatnot so it definitely like just the expansions isn't it like 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 literally four hundred dollars to get like the anniversary the forsaken pack shadow key beyond light witch queen light have to do all of that you don't have to pay all of that if you just want to play the current expansion then you just play the current expansion and there's always there's always uh freaking um sales xbox right, always that's very i don't true, think it's exactly fair to say like, though like exactly. especially, especially when the community is very much like hey do you want to run, run a like you want to run a uh, deep stone well i don't have beyond light and they feel pressure to go spend more money it's very much or a, like, when like, somebody's like, about to go do the gm and they're like oh i don't have forsaken so yeah. I can't run the corrupted. It like I feel like if Bungie wants to fix this problem, it's an easy fix. If you buy the current expansion, you get all previous expansions roped into the current expansion. Doesn't Final Fantasy fourteen do that? Yes, it, they do, and that is what Warframe uh, like, does too. Yeah, and that's what really makes the price tag of a hundred dollars a year. Makes kind of sense because, like, okay, if you're just not coming in a hundred dollars and you get all previous expansions, the current expansion, and content going forward for the yeah, first, yeah, but then you the also have year. people complaining who already have all that content complaining about why do they have to pay a hundred dollars a year if they already I mean, but have at that point, it's the same, it's the same situation as like the people who come who bit who complained about the year one content being uh free for the new lights. Like there has to be some sort of compromise because look look at look at something like World of Warcraft. Like World of Warcraft does something similar where they like once you get to a certain point with the expansions, they give you a good chunk of it for free. There oh. needs to be there needs to be a barrier of entry that isn't hundreds upon hundreds, maybe like 150 at like max. But like there needs to be an understanding with the community that there needs to be some level of entry, especially with how difficult just the the starting point is especially now with like because before with beyond light it was just do shahan shit and then get thrown into the deep end now it's do shahan shit and then be gate kept by the the guardian rank system and it's very much like that whole system in general is very constricting because now it's to the point where they're like hey you can't have certain supers at a certain point and whatnot so it's very much a restricting system but there's no 
like new player track. It's very much like, hey, you get streamlined into who the fallen and the hive are, and then you get thrown into the deep end. And even um this past week, we took somebody through um the 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 the, the disgrace GM while we were trying to get our conquer, and they were like, This is a GM. I just did this on my new light quest. We were like, What? Like the hell? Like it just it like like it, it boggles the mind how they just sort of tried to fast track people and it, it doesn't work the way they think it does. Yeah. I, I truly yeah. think they need to revisit the new light experience before yeah. the end of the end of the saga. You know what? I'm on let me cook for a second. Let me cook. Oh, go, for it. go for it. Go I'm for it. about to like look. As much as that is a problem. I think another big problem that Bungie has is onboarding the new players in the sense of, like, one hand, we have, like, barrier to entry with content as far as, like, what content they will have access to. But another issue is, like, the barrier to entry to just be a part of the community of Destiny. Like, so many new lights coming in and having zero understanding of what the fuck to do, but then the vast majority of Guardians out there don't even care to help them. Like, so many Guardians I've come past were like, I don't know where to go, what to do, what the hell is the Cosmodrome, what is the EDZ, and all these different questions. I'm like, oh, that's this patrol zone, that's that patrol zone. You know, just helping them out. But that barrier to entry is what pushes so many players away on top of the compound problem of a lot of older veteran players feeling neglected and it really really pushes hard on the fact that a lot of players are actively what's the word i want to say here like jaded like when you talk about crucible being made more casual friendly, the hardcore players are like, "Oh fuck no, hell no!" It's already too casual friendly. But the casual players, the new light players, are coming in and they're like, "I don't know what's going on, what to do, how to do it, why to do it." Mm-hmm. And to help them would actively just infuriate the other side even more. So there's a really razor-thin line that Bungie has to walk to fix a lot of these issues. You're definitely not wrong in regards to that. Like, it's a very multifaceted issue. And we've talked about it before, where, like, Bungie doesn't make PvP even approachable to where people can understand it. Because look at, like, how we talked about before with um, the, the difference between Trials, Iron Banner, and regular Crucible, where... People don't know where the casuals are supposed to go. Like, I've said uh, multiple times, a plethora of times, if if Bungie would have made more explanations, Shaxx to have dialogue and explaining, hey, this is where you go, Guardian, for your, like, 3v3 experience to get ready for Trials of Osiris. And, like, that would have been such a great way to get new players into that environment. But they didn't think about that. They don't understand that new players need that explanation to understand what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. 100% agree. 100%. And that's a big problem in the in the game. 
is the community being so at war with itself that Bungie can't implement the things that the community needs to heal. And I think that we need to work on that as a community. Almost death, especially with us. Like, and people are all worried about what's going to happen after Final Shape and whatnot. People were like, because there was a report that came out of the narrative directors ta- having a roundtable with, with games journalists, and they're hinting at the Vex being the big bad after uh, the Final Shape. And frankly, I would love that because I'm tired of the Vex being used as a side convenience villain. Like, to this day, really I feel, I, I, like, to, to this really day, I feel voice, like yeah. um, Coria was robbed of a great experience from us. Like, she could have been a dungeon boss. Um, she's been a like, raid boss. She's been a raid boss, a dungeon yeah. boss, something like that. Like the fact yeah. that I was able to two, the, the, the two pump thunder crash her and it was over annoyed me. Like there, like there were so many cool ideas you could do. Like the idea, like like, like where's Panoptes? Like when, when are we gonna see Panoptes again? Like I want that man to come back and cause some havoc. Like <laughs> there's there's so many things they could do with the Vex to call. Like like we haven't even seen like like they could literally just be like, hey yo. Here's five Eater of Worlds at one time. And I'd be like, bet, bring it. Like, just do it. Bring back the infinite forest and yes. make it fully procedurally generated. And make it be the Halloween event again, because these haunted law centers are getting fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. man. Like, I just I don't like the gimmick of the haunted law sectors. It's not fun. It's not like the, the knights with the pumpkin heads were cute the first season. And, like, granted, they did introduce new dialogue with some of the different actors and whatnot. That way it wasn't just Finch talking to us the whole time. But it's still just yeah. like, man, I could use some new activity. Like, they could straight up just be like, hey, like, this year, they could be like, hey, yo, the throne world's haunted with Savathun. And I'd be like, bet, awesome concept, do it. Or, like, you know what? We, go into, we go into a pyramid and we fight old bosses. We even get, like, Tanix. We get like people from D one that aren't just like that are, aren't already in um fucking Dares of Eternity. They multifaceted that shit. I would love it. I'd be so down for it. You know what? I just thought about it. I, I thank you for giving me this fucking like spark of like creativity energy. What's right up? What's now, up? Right? What's up? Mild spoilers for the season for those who don't know. This is your chance to skip forward a little while. Look, Marisov <laughs> is gonna have some fucking words to Savathun when she comes back. She needs to have some a discussion, maybe. Pause. Like, okay, you okay. fucked up my house. I'm gonna need you to fix it. Oh, yeah, no, that's like, one thing that, that still bugged me is the fact that once we killed Coria, the Dreaming City stayed taken infested. And no one said shit about it. Coria was the one that was controlling the curse. And we have yet to address that, and it's fucking annoying. I'll be like, really? I just thought about it. I'm like, hold on, she's coming back. Mara <laughs> Sav is here. I know Mara about to be like, bitch. I mean, uh, hey, if you, <laughs> it's about to get. Dave, crazy. are you president of the Mara Sav Sim Club too? Is Wait, that what I have a thing for oh, high Calm down. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Zebu at the top, and then little sisters Savathun. You know, there's I mean, a higher. Hey, truth be told, Mara, like if you if you go back to what was it two seasons ago, um, Mara did have like a psychic battle in the lore with Zebu. So like apparently, yeah, she... yo, yo, apparently your girls are throwing hands. You better better deal with that. 
Look, yep. all I'm saying is, look, goddess of war, conniving lady that, like, fucked over her brother. <laughs> I, uh, this decision ain't very hard. queen. Like, you gotta, like, do, do it oh. right there. A woken queen <laughs> who couldn't beat God of War's sister. I feel like I'm. I know where my bread is buttered. I'm just. <laughs> I'm keen to keep it buttered. That's all I'm saying. Oh my God. Lord <laughs> heaven. What are we gonna do with you, David? All right. Uh, move, moving on to, uh, to the next topic, real quick. Um. So from there, in terms of the the divisiveness that's been going on in the community. Um, there was the issue of cheating when it comes to PvP. Because not only people have been frustrated by the lack of PvP support, but there has been the issue of cheating on a grand scale when in PvP. And it's to the point where even Grenadier Jake has said, like, one of the most well-known Trials of Osiris carriers there is. Like, I think, uh, what was it? True Vanguard made a joke recently that, like, if the sun rises in the east, you know True every Friday has got, got, got carriers going on. And that's true. Like, Grenadier Jake has had that staple going on for a long time, that he will be the one to step up and carry people to the lighthouse. But he's got to a point where he's starting to uh, like diversify his content and not just play Trials every weekend because he's tired of people bot flying across the map with infinite uh, ammo and stuff like that. He's tired of dealing with the cheaters and whatnot, and I, I have to respect it. Heck, um, th- there, was an incident, there was an incident this week in Iron Banner where there was somebody with infinite fists of havoc running around and just destroying everybody in one of my lobbies. And it was There's like, wow. There's one specific person who's been called out now by myself, uh, uh, Pandel, Dicky, and multiple other people. This Lord Monstrevi who goes around and literally... Uh, just uh, he he advertises the fact that he cheats. He advertises the fact that he has every single cheat code there is for Destiny right now. And oh. we, I know Pandel has been fucking harassed by him incessantly. Dicky put him up on blast on a TikTok, mm-hmm. which so uh, tweeted out and freaking um, tagged the Bungie, t- the Destiny 2 social media team and uh, Bungie Help saying, look, this dude needs to get banned. Like he needs a full ass IP ban because not only does he have all of these cheats, not only does he sell his cheats, he's um, actively bragging about the fact that he's he's like doing this to the community. He's oh. harassing LGBTQ and uh, members of the community and uh, people of color in the community. Like, either they're keeping shut about it because they're you know freaking working on another suit. Or they're just fucking ignoring it, and it's really pissing people. I don't think like- it's that. I genuinely feel like, like they they're they're trying to walk a thin line because. Yeah. Um, well, if, I, they're like, trying, but, if they're trying to get evidence for a suit, you know, just that's like, I'm not even saying the suit. I'm saying that I think genuinely they're trying to walk a thin line because if they come out and and say, "Hey, 
we don't have the ability to pull a full IP ban, let alone ban his account entirely, then they would look really ass, but they would, they would look really weak in terms of the community. But if they say, hey, we're trying this method, this method, this method, and this method to ban him, and it's not working yet, then they even look stupider because they're not able to show like that they're revealing their hand of what they're attempting. And granted, yeah, could I, they like could they at least say, "Hey, we're looking into the cheating problem"? Yes, they definitely could do that. But yeah, at the same time, but at the same time, it's a multifaceted issue because I feel like if they reveal their hand, they're gonna mess up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I that. you know, one of the things if there's an active investigation and they're trying to gain evidence and you know get all that stuff ready for some sort of you know uh litigation they gotta keep their mouth shut like literally i mean like i said just like with all the stuff that happened with dmg that i'm sure we're going to talk about later mm -hmm. like, they they could not they could not say anything just like when it happened with the leaks, they could not say anything. And the only reason they really did say anything is because he called himself out, mm -hmm. himself on blast, saying, Yeah, you that know, was an that, interesting situation. <laughs> you know, trying to gaslight the community. So, yeah, you're right. They do have to walk a very fine line. And if there's some sort of litigation that's going to be happening anytime soon, you know, they are legally required to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a you very know? interesting line they have to walk. Like, granted, I think, and in like this even goes into the DMG discussion that we'll get into. Um, like when it comes to like when it comes to the community response, they've been sort of quiet. And now that we've been able to understand, because for the longest time, we just thought DMG bailed. He was tired, he was done, he wanted to dip. But um, when we started to learn what was going on, it Thinking started about to... it beforehand. Well, yeah, but like in terms of everything, like not everyone knew what, what had happened. And a lot of people have been like saying, Bungie, why are you been quiet? Why have you been doing this? Yada, yada. Like, why have you been unresponsive? We've been asking for help. There's the cheating problem. There's the server issues. There's the lack of PvP support, yada, yada. And it kind of reached to a, he a head where when they finally said, hey, this is what's going on with the server issues. There was a Sony executive or like, like a developer who came out and was trying to like, like, like white knight for um, Bungie out of pocket and people called him on his nonsense and was like, cause he, he came out and said, now I can't, I, I, I want all the, the uh, content creators to um, like, like apologize in videos uh, for, like for attacking Bungie because now Bungie's giving you the answers you've looked for. When people started to put them on blast, they're like, hey, yo, no, like, like this is great that they finally gave us answers, but it's kind of a little late. Like, we, we should have been known about this a while ago because there's been multiple times where they said, hey, we're going to have dedicated downtime right before a patch. Then that downtime turns into hours and hours and lack and no knowledge. It's the same copy and paste responses and no knowledge of what's going on with our game. The, the running joke in regards to this game for a long time has been, this game's being held together by like the tin foil and prayers, and people and people had like like are clowning on Bungie, but in reality, they don't want to see all the the work, time, money, effort they put into this game be wasted. They don't want it to see it fall apart. They don't want it to go to waste. But when Bungie's out here not sh like giving people answers, 
it's frustrating for a lot of the player base. So I understand where they're like, coming from. That's kind of the problem, though. Okay, so let me cook for a second here, right? Go for it. Give mm-hmm. me like two seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the bigger issues that I see, and I've talked about it before on the show, is uh-huh. that Bungie mm-hmm. has been so transparent with the player base that now players feel entitled mm. to Bungie's transparency. Yes. That's valid. To a point where they feel like the fact that Bungie is just shutting up and working is a problem. Right? Yeah. They feel enti- entitled to the fact that Bungie has always been forthcoming and very vocal about the changes that are coming. But what has been happening over the past year or so is Bungie will come out and say something and then one half will be like, this is, you're too late. How dare you, Bungie? You should have been faster. And then mm-hmm. the other half is pitchforks and torches ready to burn this bitch down to a point that leads to what happened to DMG and the reason why we can no longer, like, at the community managers, now we have the Destiny 2 team. Mm. You know, Bungie is having to make, you know, barriers between them and the community to protect their employees. Right, that's what I, I was going to dig into that, because it's very much a double-edged sword, where we have to, de- like, it's, we, 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 it's the consequences of our own actions. Where the, exactly. Like, the, like the terms of table where Bungie was getting accolades at like the game awards and stuff like that for being great community managers and stuff like that. But now mm-hmm. they're having to be less of what they were getting awarded for because of what they've gone through. And that really sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hate it, honestly. Yeah. Because I feel like the one thing that you should never have to worry about when you go to work is the safety of your family. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody should ever have to worry about the safety of their family when they go to work. Let no. alone the safety of their family because of the state of a video game. It is right. asinine, the it's fact that people have to worry about that. Yeah. It's strange. It's, it's, not, it's funny, not funny, haha, but funny, what the fuck, that people actively seek to like take out their frustration or in the game on the people that develop the game. I don't like it personally. I think And it sucks that people are taking out their frustrations on the game on people who aren't actually the ones that control what is going on in the game well dmg dylan is a sweetheart and he was basically the face of the company for for a long time years like he he went above and beyond for a lot of people and he really did even when there was that cheater there was there was that one dude who got banned a while back like right before DMG left, and like dude was throwing up a storm. He had people vouching for him and yada yada. And then when DMG walked out with the receipts and was like, "Hey yo, this is what you did. You were cheating. You were acting a fool." And that man shut up real quick. 
You didn't hear yeah. nothing else. You didn't hear not a dang thing from that dude ever again in regards to his activities because he knew he got caught red-handed. Yeah. It was but, funny. But like Dylan and Liana and Sam and Cosmo, they're not the ones who are actually controlling what happens in you know the PvP team or the QA team or the seasonal team. They are there like you and I are, Panda, as the face of a product. You know, we we work to make sure that the, you know, in our case, the podcast is, you know, out there is, you know, freaking you know, connecting with the community and you know, mm-hmm. letting people know this is what's going on and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. Hey, but like, you just wait. Cause like, there's going there's to there's come a moment when, when once we get the uh, the Zivu t-shirts out, you're going to see Dave on Twitter repping. You, you know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know my are. dear. I know we are. <laughs> oh, my God. We're small. You know, we're not only the face of the podcast, we also are the podcast. You know, you're doing everything with regards to setting this all up and, you know, just kind of opening up as, you know, kind of a behind the scenes here. We do everything. You do everything. You know, if people have a complaint about the podcast, then it is us that they're talking to but like if we had a sound design team if we had a studio with people producing and making sure the audio mixes were good you know that news that intro music was on point you know outros were on point that would be you saying my intros aren't on point tower is that what you're saying are you are you calling my intro weak (laughs) No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying if we had a completely separate team doing that, and all the three of us and Alchemy had to do was just sit there and talk, it'd be a whole different dynamic. Handling the, the, the audio and the sound, you know, if there was an issue with the audio and the sound, that's on the audio team, not on us, you know. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's the thing with Bungie is that Dylan and Sam and Liana and Cosmo, they're the ones who literally are just sitting down at the table to talk with the community, but they're not the ones who are sitting in the office and coding or, you know, writing up the narrative or, you know, making the art or programming the AI and stuff like that. And people, because of the fact that they're the faces, people take that stuff to them and blame them. Mm. It's nothing to do with that. It's, it's, it's true. It sucks. Bad. Honestly, but, I don't even think it's that. I just think some people like to stare up shit. And we're going to talk about it because the dude, the dude who targeted DMG was just trying to stir up shit. Like he, he he was found out to be doing that, and but yeah. like in, in terms of it, there are genuinely people who are mad that things are going sideways and they want to do dumb stuff. Look what happened with Twilight Garrison. Twilight Garrison was a nightmare. Where like all these people who were so like I I I will I will wholeheartedly admit I have been a Titan since D one Vanilla Beta 
I was not even remotely upset about Twilight Garrison. I I, I was more upset that that no backup plans was like what like hadn't been really talked about in terms of, of a possible buff. And then like a month, like like a season later, I got my buff. But like in terms of everything else, like Twilight Garrison wasn't a concern because I don't need all that movement tech. I I, I was fine with my shoulder charge and my thruster, and then they nerfed my shoulder charge. Like I was fine. I didn't need anything else. And then but, but all these people. Hunters need to get the Twilight Garrison. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you, you got Blake back. You'll be all right. But I can't use that on Strand. That's fair. Um, but, like, in terms of everything, it just it, it goes to show you that people are like, like take everything that Bungie does for granted. Granted, I'm not going to yeah. say that everything Bungie does is perfect. No, we were just saying about how, like, like, like that there's issues in the game and whatnot. Like the, the, the like the spaghetti code, as people call it, is on on its last leg some days. But like 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 even today during our div run, someone got weaseled for no reason, despite him having Google Fiber Internet, the best internet you can get right now. And yet he still got weaseled because of the the, the game code. So it's like in terms of the systems and whatnot, there's still things that need to be worked on. But there's a correct way to go about it, and people don't know how to do that. And it's annoying, and they and they've created this problem where even Bungie doesn't even want to talk to us half the time anymore, unless it's through professional means like a games journalist roundtable, because they're tired of of the disrespect, they're tired of the nonsense. It, like it, it's the community's fault. So like, like like, and we, and we even said before that like, if Bungie ever would want to grace us with the potential of, of speaking with us, we would be honored. We would love because we see us as the ability to speak on behalf of both the hardcore and the casual. And be able to say, hey, let's meet in the middle and have a conversation. So, like, we would love to have you guys on the show at some point. Please come through. We would love that. But we're going to go ahead and move on. Because we, we keep hinting at, at this DMG stuff. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> stuff got real wild. Because out of nowhere, I believe it was yesterday. Um, like a one of one of one of the uh, the lawyers from uh like from the team that went after the person came out on Twitter and posted a whole thread about it, talking about the entire thing, and and the whole she thing came out. I'm sorry. She posts. She posted the whole thing. So she posted a she posted a thread with highlights. But yep. she also linked the entire like settlement, like like. I'm pulling it back up right now because I like it for some reason. My my Google Chrome closed it. Yeah, she she tweeted a link to what, like like the ending of the thing, and she had actually done this at the beginning when they filed the initial suit. She filed the entire legal, or she posted a link to the entire uh, Google Doc. Mm. Um, legal documents you know for their pre-trial stuff um you know or what she could release legally um but now that the suit is done she posted the whole she posted the whole thing and it oh she got real real quick with that dude like real it, 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 it very much got a lot of attention that people didn't plan on getting it like it coming up and it was pretty in depth because she she starts off with the entire thing where um like uh, Jesse James Comer the person who was found out to be doing this was like like constantly like like harassing DMG like like going off on racist tangents and whatnot 
because I, I forget what was the initial thing but it was something in regards to like like, like something like oh like of like can there be a way to uh like separate black people in the game from white people in the game and he was telling dmg this needed to happen and he was trying to like like be hella racist about it and whatnot and it got to a really like sociopathic point where dude was like he had tracked down dmg's address he was sending him like pizzas via the delivery services and putting in the special instructions for them to bang on DMD's door very loudly to scare everybody. And like, like just as a threat to know that like he knew DMD's uh, like address and whatnot. And it got to a point where Bungie went after this motherfucker at full speed. They did not care. And it set new precedent of like, you like you were one step if you would have went any to any farther in terms of like violence or anything like that it'd have been worse but like you straight up engage in the craziest harassment campaign versus a video game death a video game like community manager ever done and mm-hmm. they went full on with this man's like yeah. The amount of money this man is gonna owe for the rest of his life is insanity. It, it I, like, wait. I wanna find it because I, I gotta find the freaking almost half a bill. Just shot half a bill. Okay, okay. So the judgment principal balance was three hundred and eighty thousand one hundred eighty nine dollars and two twenty two cents, plus twenty five thousand dollars of statutory damages. Um, plus $83,806.30 in total attorney fees, plus um, $200 in statutory attorney attorney fees pursuant uh, to the the RCW. So this man is going to be flat broke for a long time because he want to do this. And what's crazy is um, um, they even shared a... uh, uh, discord message where he was bragging about doing this to dmg and it's like bro where do you get off like what what like, like what, what makes you think this is okay to do first of all you you being racist and out of pocket was just uh, otherworldly but for you to do this it just it's astonishing where you thought you were gonna get away with this i i don't even understand the thought process yeah yeah, and it sent new precedent for Washington law as well with regards to employee protection. Um, so because Bungie was tech was the first case in something like this, you know, what the the state of Washington can now or Bungie can now file a um, with their state senate and state government um, a motion to put this into law that companies should and can protect their employees on a legal level, um, which is amazing because that means that if they win that in Washington and get that pushed through their Supreme Court as well as into law in the state, then that means that any company in any other state that values its employees in the way that Bungie does would be would be able to push that through to federal law and to the federal Supreme Court. So that way all employees have federal protection with regards to harassment, death threats, things like that, which is an amazing precedent. I'm 
it, it boggles my mind that it has taken this long for an employer to, or for a law like that to come, to be able to come onto the books. I mean, when you think about it, like to this day, um, like digital um, balancing for laws is still prehistoric. I remember, I remember what was it? Um, not even like a year ago, the TikTok controversy where like the government was trying to ban TikTok and you saw these old decrepit um, like uh, politicians trying to interview tic- uh, the, 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 the president or like the owner of TikTok. And then there was the one dude who was like, can TikTok access my home Wi-Fi? And, it, and the dude was like, I, I, I don't understand what you mean. Like if you enable the Wi-Fi to access the videos with the Wi-Fi, yes, the the, the, the oh, app is going to access the Wi-Fi. Like the, the way they tried to make and portray that situation, it shows a lack of ineptitude for technology. And it just, it shows how far we still have to go in terms of technology. But cyberbullying has been a federal uh, statute for, I, I think, you know, at, at least for a couple of decades. Um, but it's not been a like a federal statute or a federal law with regards to employers. That law with regards to cyberbullying has been a you know, a private person to person type of a thing where you can, you know, contact the FBI and report cyberbullying, but it's a civil suit matter. That's the thing. It's like a person to person type of a matter. It's not like a big corporation or employer who who has been able to, you know, file cyberbullying petitions. I think so it's just because it's, a lot of people don't care about their employees. Yeah, that's I mean, a different conversation I mean, for another well, day. It's very, very lucky worked for Bungie when this was happening because Bungie values its employees more than any other corporation, more than any other business I have ever seen. Ever. I mean, I, I kind of have to give it to her on that one. Yeah, like I feel like in terms of, um, and that was one thing I remember. There was like a like a week or two ago, I was arguing with some dude on Twitter who was mad about, um. Bungie um promoting or even there was like the people the, the people who developed Charlemagne that well that's that's something we can talk about there too where like the people who developed Charlemagne were facing a lot of backlash even Bungie was facing a lot of backlash for their support of of um like queer characters and queer people during Pride Month and yeah. we we found out from the creators of Charlemagne the app that a lot of people use in their Discord servers to integrate with the the, the Destiny API that over 2,000 different servers removed um, Charlemagne from their servers because of Charlemagne's creators showing support of the LGBTQ community. And it was appalling. And it, and it showed that, and like, as I'm sitting there having this conversation with uh, the, one of the people who were mad at them for it, because they're like, well, if you, need, if you stop talking about politics and, and just uh, talk about the game, you wouldn't have this problem. And I'm like, bro, that that's not even like Bungie, not even, oh. like, not even just like but like Char- the Charlemagne creators, but Bungie especially. They're they're not even like trying to virtue signal or like 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 do ca- like rainbow capitalism. Like to a certain extent, they are, but like in terms of the grand scale, they're repping what they're actually about. There are there are people at their organization who are queer, who are black, who are like uh, who are Asian, who are women, who are like like creating 
these like inside organizations like Black at Bungie and like 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 the, the, the different organizations they're doing and trying to make a change and a betterment for the gaming community. And people are mm-hmm. like, oh, they're just virtue signaling. No, they're not. You freaking idiot. They're trying to make a like a more beneficial environment for their peers, and you don't 80, understand that. Eighty percent of Bungie's employer base is some form of minority, and wow. of, that, of that of that 80%, 50% of those people are double minorities, like Holy queer shit. or queer black folks or queer natives, you know, or queer women or queer men, you know, they're double minorities. Well, queer men, I, I, I can't really say, but like, queer black men. Yeah. A double minority, queer Asian men, queer Asian women, you know, 80% of their workforce has, it belongs to at least one minority group at Bungie. They're one of the few game development companies that is incredibly diverse. I think that's Most a problem, though. For some game development some companies are white dudes. Are some people white merely want to see themselves in things and not other people. Right? And that's why yeah. you get some people out there that are like, I don't see myself in this. Therefore, it's political. Therefore, you're forcing it on me, and I don't like it. But it's just like, just because you don't see yourself doesn't mean that other people don't see themselves. Well, not only that, there. I remember like there was some controversy recently where there. I remember there was like there was like a Nick Jr. thing where um there was a show specifically specifically about black uh, like a black girl, and there was a white family where like a white kid was upset that he didn't see himself on the tv anymore and it was like bro do you know how many shows you've had for over like 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 like, like decades fam like one show like do you know how long door the explorer's been on and you weren't mad about door the explorer like come on now like like, this this is getting ridiculous so like i I just it feels kind of like convoluted and stupid in a lot of ways but i don't know hopefully we see improvement in the industry as time goes on um, I do think this was a, a very beneficial win for not only DMG but for Bungie because it shows that they're not gonna like 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 support their devs and their um workers being targeted like this. So like yeah. point win for Bungie and like there was even another court case recently they won against another cheating company because so great. So hopefully Bungie can deal with these other cheaters soon because the, the PvP community is kind of getting tired of it. But that's fine. Um, the PvP community needs to take it with a grain of salt. Bungie starting to develop for just a havoc this past week at Iron Banner. Infinite cheating problem. Like he started the match with this havoc nonstop. But that's a cheating problem. That's not a uh, we need more maps problem. That's not a we need more content problem. Well, no, that's that, that's a that, that's a diff- that's a multifaceted conversation because I will give the the PvP community certain leeway because Bungie did say that there was going to be new armor refreshes every year, like every expansion. There was going to be n- new maps that were going to be created. We've only gotten one new maps in the past year, which was the one from Witch Queen, but that didn't even come out with Witch Queen. It took like two seasons. 
And even then, people figured out that it was a reskin of a D1 map, so the community wasn't happy about that. Um, Bungie also said there was going to be a rotation of, like, one old map, one new map, etc. And we've, like, had uh, delays on that to where we just now got a Mars map back. We got the King's Fall map a while back. And it just, and not only that, like, there's the, the different PvP imbalances that people have had problems with. There's the different things of that nature. Um, there was the issue of Immortal reigning supreme for as long as it did, and Bungie not taking usage into a, into consideration, which Mercules even admitted on the Firing Range podcast that sometimes they do need to look at usage. They're not looking at usage enough, which was a big factor that they said. So there's certain things that I think the PvP community has reason to be upset about. Is there some things in the PvP community they need to shut up about? Yes, because the amount of times that I've heard people just constantly complaining about Titans without actually understanding that this is not a normal FPS is starting to get on my last damn nerve. Because if I hear one more person say that Titan barricades need to be removed or nerfed again, I'm going to lose it. Because this is not Call of Duty. Because there was no way. There was even somebody who made a post saying, what is your controversial take that like in the Destiny community? And I even said, too many people in this community act as if this is just an FPS, like Call of Duty, and don't understand that this is an RPG, a a role-playing game where the warlocks are the healers and the mage, the hunters are the rogues, the titans are the juggernaut fighting tanks, like the paladins. The I'm going to say this, though. I'm going to say this, Panda. You're not going to like it. Oh, uh, here we go. This is the shit that hunters have been putting up with for years now. What People, the feeling of the class not being the problem, it's just the frequency upon which people are annoyed by the class. I don't think Titans are that big a problem. I think people just need to adjust their play style for how they play against Titans. And Taz Wards, there is, like, ways to get around it. People just don't want to. Oh, speak on it. You just brought up a great point. I'll let you continue in a second. There's one point that I want to make sure everybody hears, especially every little Twitter fiend. I want you to understand something. And Taz Wards have had no change to them since they were originally nerfed like five, six seasons ago before Beyond Light, they have not been nerfed or buffed at all. Even when they were originally nerfed and all you idiots were saying, oh, Antaeus Wards are trash now, they could still deflect supers back then. You just don't like it now because people combined it with SMGs and fusion rifles to combat your SMGs and fusion rifles. Suck it up. Okay, David, you can go ahead. level of backhanded, like, fuck you, I just heard on that mic right Bro, no, because the thing that I keep seeing I'm on Twitter awful. is people who keep going, like, Antaeus wards need to be nerfed or removed from the game. They shouldn't oh, be I'm able to deflect my super. You, and I'm like, bro, dude, this oh, is the same I'm shit that happened with Sight and Ramparts, where there have been no changes to these exotics almost ever since they were originally nerfed. Same thing with Lord of Wolves back during Season of the Haunted. There had been nothing changed about Lord of Wolves since the last time it was nerfed. 
But because people were combining it with Omnioculus and kept free Sting, people were like, oh, we have to nerf Lord of Wolves too. No, you don't. Because if it weren't for that one weekend of trials where it was Exodus Blue and people started to combine it with Omnioculus, you didn't give a shit about, uh, about Lord of Wolves. No one gave a shit about it. Like that, that's the fickleness of this community where one I person finds a cool, like where one person finds one cool build and they hyper focus on it. And when they think it's a problem, they freak out. The same thing with Sight and Ramparts, where everyone's like, oh, we need to nerf Sight and Ramparts and, and barricades. No, you don't. You just don't like it that you can't just roll up with a hand cannon and, and, and do what you normally do with hand cannons and shotguns. You don't like that pulse rifles and scout rifles are in a healthy place in the meta where they're able to function against hand cannons and you can't just get away with three tapping motherfuckers anymore. You have to actually combat pulse rifles, auto rifles, scout rifles, SMGs now. They're not just laying in people's vaults and have no function anymore. We're like, here's my controversial hot take. If, it, if it's it, it, once they balance Immortal and they remove the hit scan from fusion rifles, we will be in the healthiest gun meta in the history of Destiny 2. And no oh one God. will ever agree with me. Because literally, we are living in a world where pulse rifles are able to function. Auto rifles, SMGs, scout rifles are able to function. But the reason why people are saying that these weapons need to be nerfed is because they don't like that people can just shoot down lane. They want to be able to slide and jump and be able to roll up with their hand cannons and go tap, tap, tap and be done. They don't like the meta has shifted where everybody has a fair chance with any gun. And it's stupid. Okay, this is what ahead. Diva's been saying for years. Like I've been saying this since we've been talking about the whole uh, like connection-based versus skill-based and, and all these different nerfs and buffs to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, look, people just don't like to change their play style. People want to mm-hmm. run around like That's chickens right. with their head cut off. Get a kill, die, get a kill, die, rush back mm-hmm. to the battlefield and hurry. That's just how it is. In the same way you feel about the Antaeus Wars, about Titans being nerfed and people complaining, this is the same exact thing that hunters have been going through for years with stompies and hunters and, and omnioculus. Granted, these are really good things. And I can understand how people can get frustrated with the like rate at which they encounter it right. so often. And I understand that that's frustrating, but it's frustrating because it works. People yeah. like easy kills, and those things get easy kills. It's well, not that they are broken. Look at Sting, where nobody used Kefri Sting for years. Even Datto at one point, I think two years ago, put Kefri Sting as like one of the worst exotics to use in the game. But the minute that people figured out you could use Lord of Wolves and Omnioculus together, or even when your Falcon was able to one-shot, when they were able to combine those together so you could roll up on a squad in Viz but have True Sight, they were like, oh my god, Kefri Sting is the best thing ever. Oh my god. No, it's not. It's the same thing that it was, but like two minutes ago before your new exotic came out, or when you figured out that Omnioculus could do a thing. You just don't like to invest in the, the certain exotics and figure out what works. That's the problem. Exactly. That's why. That's why I've been saying that stompies have been a problem, like in terms of the meta, because they're so good and so ease of use that no one looks at the rest of the hunter kit. Because you did, you even because even before then you had things like spine and, and Kefri sting and things of that nature. But because the, the ease of use of stompies made it so no one wanted to look anywhere else. So like that was my big issue with stompies. I feel like there needed to be some way to curb the ease of use. That way, people like that's why I at the very least. 
if you want your dodge back, put the air, the, the, the inner accuracy on it. That way people don't just be one shot with slug shotguns in the air. Otherwise, My issue the hell you with play. that nerf was that it takes away from hunters playing as hunters. That's fair. That's why I, I, like, I, that's why I, was, little, I was willing to roll with that. This exotic, like, you have to stop, you have to go from, like, being, having access to your entire kit mm. to, in order to get any use out of this, you have to, like, legitimately weigh back and forth whether or not you want to be able to get out of a gunfight or have a useful exotic. And mm-hmm. no exotic should ever have that kind of, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Trade-off. Trade-off. Exactly. Like, you put, you pick your exotic because it's supposed to complement your build. Exactly. Not so that your build can complement your exotic. People like Stompies because it does one thing. It enhances the way your movement options for Hunter. That's it. It makes the fluidity of Hunter movement a lot better. It's not that it, it gives you outrageous stat bumps or changes the way you play. It just makes moving around in Crucible a little bit easier and a little bit more fluid. Granted, it gives people advantages, mm-hmm. but it's not an advantage of like you slap it on and now you're just the greatest motherfucker walking in the Crucible. Nobody can right. touch it. It's now if you have the skill and reflex like capabilities, stompings are gonna take you to another level. But yeah. that is a skill difference. A new hmm. light can't put on stompings and become the greatest fucking crucible player ever. That's fair. Just like that uh, a new light can't put on Antaeus Wards and just go through an absolutely rampage. Oh yeah, there you're totally right. Is there's a been conversation times, between skill. Right, there's been multiple times where I've rolled up with Antaeus words, but like because of the angle that I slid in on, people were able just to shoot on my, the side of me and kill me while I'm sliding in with Antaeus words. Or sometimes yeah. you, or sometimes someone kills your momentum while you're trying to slide, and the Antaeus doesn't even activate. So like, there's a lot of things that 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 frustrate me when it comes to how people view the community, and it's like 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 the one thing that really got on my nerves was I forget who it was, but someone was very much like, oh, barricade needs to be nerfed barricade needs to be nerfed into the ground and it's like bro do you not understand that this is a multifaceted rpg and not just an average fps like you should not be able to roll through this energy barricade with no consequence you should be hurt you should be damaged you should not be able to shoot through it um there should be consequences for it granted do people's play styles make it feel like it's toxic most definitely but the same thing with people's play styles with Hunter and Warlock make it feel shitty. This is not Call of Duty. People need to start understanding. We're, we're at the tail end of Destiny's life cycle, and people still have not grasped that this is not Call of Duty. If you want to go play Call of Duty, go play Call of Duty. Oh, I don't want to play Call Microsoft. of Duty. Or it's about to be on by Microsoft. So. I'm about to say it's about to be on by Microsoft, but, 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 like, but yeah. <laughs> But like they're like, oh, I don't want to play Call of Duty. I enjoy the gunplay of Destiny more. Then deal with the RPG elements. Hell, I remember when Ron came out and when Salt Agrippa was arguing with people about the difficulty of Ron, he had the nerve to even say that Destiny is primarily an FPS. And I'm like, shut your mouth. 
No, it's not. This is an RPG. Bungie has always pushed this to be uh, like the first ever console based or like sort of console style FPS slash MMORPG. This is a multifaceted video game, the likes that and no one has been ever able to duplicate. Like like Anthem tried, failed. Um, like other Anthem people just tried. needed more time to cook. Let's be honest. Yeah, that, that's fair. Like, the, the, there, there have been so many games that have tried to be the Destiny killer, and no one has been able to replicate what Destiny is. And that's the like granted, could could like Bungie has failed to even make uh, Destiny better than what it is at uh, a few times. But in terms of the scale, people need to stop treating this game like it's Call of Duty. And we're almost at the 10-year mark, and people still think it's Call of Duty. Stop. Look, anyway. Call of Duty could never come up with the wicked implement. Speaking Look, that's a great, I, that was a great freaking uh, like, like, uh, transition. That's what I'm about to go to. I felt it coming. I felt so, it coming. The wicked Ooh. implement. The wicked implement. This scout rifle. What, what the, the like I was so like because we knew it was in the code it had been leaked because of the leakers which that's a whole other damn topic in its own right the leakers that came out and told us it was going to be a scout rifle what it did what the catalyst did we knew about this like weeks in advance but the mission finally dropped and it was inside of a deep dive rather than sort of being similar to like presage or being similar to like whisper or zero hour or it had like a tie-in thing. All you had to do was fish and uh, over three weeks and get the three different fish. And then you had to go get the that. blades. That was the whole thing gimmick with that. Granted, like some people struggled to even get the fish. <laughs> but um, in terms of the thing, you went into you went to the side room after doing two levels of a deep dive. You then you went deeper into the thing, and instead of going the way you went to the final seasonal mission you go inside of a pyramid ship that apparently is just in the bottom of Titan for some reason. And you go inside and you fight this weird taken night guy and the timer starts. And then you go into the deeper part of the pyramid and there's a tormentor. And you have to kill three taken minotaurs, rush to the middle and fight the tormentor. And for a lot of people, this this activity was hard. This And, and granted, we we unintentionally made it harder for ourselves because most people were so like trained with deep dives to activate Tolan to invoke the darkness that it made the activity harder unintentionally. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, um, did that. we did that. Yeah, yeah we did that because because me Tower and one of our clanmates went there on day one. Well, we got we we got to be clear and open. We got to claim it. Yeah, we had to claim it. It, it, like, it. it was hard at first, but once we like, but then later in the day, me, Dave, oh, and Monk went in there, and like one of our clanmates, and we got it done. It took a little bit of effort. We we used divinity, we used machine guns, and we tore that thing to shreds. And like a lot of people were trying to say that this activity was too hard, and I will say, so was Whisper when it first came out. Yes, so Whisper was hard. When it first came out. Mm-hmm. They were difficult as hell. Like people forget that these like even Presage was very hard when it first came out because yeah. people weren't up to light. Like these so activities are meant to be very difficult. Sorry, David, what were you saying? Oh, oh. I was gonna Oh no, you're all right. So the thing about it is, is and I see it both ways. Right, because listening to a couple takes, I understand from a solo player's 
perspective. If you're solo, this thing was like outrageously hard because you oh, got to yeah. deal with not just the difficulty of the content, but the RNG of your teammates mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the RNG of some players going in and like going in match made and they might have one other person that wants to do it, but then their third wants to just do the deep dive. Hey, tower for about today. <laughs> oh, you know, it can I, be I an up. issue. And that's Dude, a like, so, But they've got, go they've got a solo version of the the deep dives out. In the deep dive menu, you can... It, it tells you, yeah, not have, not have match made. Or you can yeah, if you're solo, you probably need the matchmaking to get the help. Oh, like not, not not everyone's skilled enough just to tear through that. But oh yeah. I, I think the problem is with the system itself. A lot of people just want it to be match made that way they can get through it. Heck, th- there's a topic that I wanted to talk about on the show for a hot minute where people want to like, have match made raids and dungeons. But I think this activity shows why that's a bad idea because yep. people don't know how to communicate in activities. And what if you load up into a match made raid and someone doesn't like you and they kick you? Like yeah, that's a whole yep. other debacle in its own right. I don't think but, you should be able yeah, to LSG is bad enough as it is. Mm. Well, yeah, all you all randomly got put together here. You, there should be no leader. It should be like a, a strike. Where you're just stuck here, bucko, till you leave. <laughs> that's my hot take. But if you got a match make for it, you don't get to be like, I'm the boss here because I match made for this. So I'm the no. leader. You can't stay. <laughs> Goodbye. We all now, I will I will say in terms of the activity itself, I think the one issue with it was because of the fact that when you first go into it, um the timer is 10 minutes, and with it, um you had the chill touch modifier, which was part of the rotation for the deep dives. So you're going in there having multiple different factors that that are contributing to your success. One person could roll in there and get one result one week and a different result the next week. So it's very much an interesting situation where Bungie kind of like made a mistake because truth be told, if Bungie would have approached this the same way they approached Whisper or approached um, uh, Zero Hour or approached uh, Presage, hell, especially just Presage, because not everyone likes the whole thing they did with Zero Hour and uh, Whisper where it was like hidden in the, in, the, in the game and you couldn't find it and it took some random dude on Reddit to find it. Like not everyone likes that. But if, if, it, if it would have been like how Presage was, where they advertised it, they had, like, in the seasonal trailer, there's that line Osiris said where it's like, there's no lights here. Like, that kind of thing. Like, they go in and, and market it that way, and then, like, halfway through the season, you just see a random mission at Zavala, you go pick it up, and there's a random mission over on the moon or something like that. And you go there, you do the thing, and you, you accomplish the goal. It was a brand new environment on the on the, the Glycan and whatnot. That shit was hard as hell on day one because of the giant hangar with all the scorn. Like that was challenging. If they would have done this like that, rather than giving you a timer, I would have. I, I think a lot of people would have would have respected it more, especially because like with all the with the modifier in play, it, it's either one or the other, not both with that kind of thing. Because there was times where you would get slowed by the by the by the uh, the taken. And you couldn't even get to the boss, let alone survive the damage from the scions when you're frozen. You would just get obliterated. 
So yeah. there was multiple different factors at play with this activity. So I think if you're going to do this, do it like Presage. I think Presage was the ultimate middle ground where they said, hey, once you drop the flag, that's when, and when once you enter the activity, like the final boss fight, that's when that's when the timer starts. You have the timer right then and there to go dive in. And you have, I think it was like 12 or 16 minutes to get through that fight. And then even for the 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 master mode, the master mode had like a shorter time, like the timer from the beginning of the mission to, and then to get to the end to get the catalyst, that was a whole other ballgame. So I think Presage is the ultimate uh, like way to do things where you have timers in different ways. The modifiers aren't like ability-based. It's just challenge-based. And it's not factoring into that high of an extreme, in my opinion. But in terms of the grand scale... I had a blast with it, and I think the gun is very, like, very slept on. I ran it. I used it in the Law Sectors yesterday and loved it. I, and I'm excited because Bungie announced in the Twid this week they're going to buff it. I'm like, hell yeah, bro. Like, give it more. I'm like, Kylo Ren right now, more. Because I'm, the, the scout rifle feels buttery smooth. I'm excited for it. Like, the vibration it has on my controller, Jeff's kiss. What up, man? <laughs> You're a little too excited I over there. I also <laughs> like how they tied the catalyst to just finishing a deep dive. And they they scaled the drop of the catalyst as well. One of the things that I've talked about with other players, um, particularly my buddy Kaz and Six, um, is that you know we've we're not big fans of the whole uh, triumph base uh, earning of exotics um, or, you know, triumph based earning of catalysts. Uh-huh. What they did with getting the catalyst for implement is, I think, a really great middle ground. You go do a full deep dive, you tickle Toland, as I like to say. <laughs> And depending upon uh, the tier that you reach with the pressure trials, you have a scaling uh, drop rate for the catalyst. So if you do a, if you're only able to get a tier three, you have a 20% chance of the catalyst dropping. If you are able to do the tier five, you have a 40% chance of the catalyst dropping. So one in, or one in, or what is it? One in eight runs, I think it is, something of getting like something like that. And then if you are able to finish up a tier seven, you know, and you get that third pressure trial done, it's a 100% guarantee that you oh. will get it your tier seven chess it's great i think i think that gives everyone a chance and it gives you something to push for it gives Mm -hmm. you something to you know look for now granted that has not been publicly like announced the scaling of that Mm -hmm. i know that because i have a friend who's a qa tester for bungie um and he told 
uh, he told me and a different Discord server that we're in, he's all like, yeah, you know, it's okay. You don't have to do a tier seven. You know, it's scaled. You know, just go have fun in the deep dives. And, you know, if you get the cattle, you know, if you get a tier three, it's this. If you get a tier five, it's this. If you get a tier seven, it's this. And mm-hmm. I think that's great for those who, you know, go into the deep dives and, you know, do the matchmaking and, you know, somebody doesn't know where Toland is. Okay, well, on my next run, I can try it and maybe we'll get a tier five or maybe we'll be able to get the tier seven. Or if people struggle to finish that final pressure trial. I mean, I did three deep dives today while you guys were in your raid. And the first two, we weren't able to get the tier seven. Mm-hmm. The first one I did, dude dropped out after we got the tier five. Our third dropped out after we got the tier five. So me, so I finished that deep dive with just me and one other person. We were like, you know what? Fuck it, we ball. We're just going to finish this up. Nice. The second one... We weren't able to finish the freaking pressure trial because I ran out of freaking heavy ammo. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I so so the third run I went in, I switched up my loadout a bit, and we finished that third pressure trial, and all three of us got the catalyst, and it was great. It was awesome. That's what's up. And like, what, 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 should be, you yeah. know, with something like that. And like what it, what it reminded me of is kind of what they've done with um, Nightfalls recently, where like Legend and Master, you have a certain um, level of a chance to get it based on the platinum and the gold. But with GM specifically, if you finish and you get platinum, you are guaranteed your adept drop. Originally, it wasn't like that. It took a long time for Bungie to finally get to that point because Bungie, because people started to complain like, hey, if I'm in Glassway for like 35 minutes, 45 minutes, and like just the a random champion bitch slaps me, I lose. I like I, 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 like 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 we don't kill one champion and we get gold. There's a chance we don't get it. Or if we get platinum, there was a random chance we didn't get the freaking adept. And finally, um, really? Bungie, and finally Bungie sympathized with them. We're like, hey, fine, we're gonna make it. So if you get platinum, you're guaranteed the the, the adept. And once they started to do that, you saw more consistency of people enjoying GMs again. And I, I, that's sort of what it feels like they've done here, where it's like, hey, if you really want to sweat and get the thing, you get it guaranteed. But if you get a little bit less, you have a chance. It's not a, like it's a pretty good chance too. So I, I think that's a great way to go about it, while be like while it, it, while, while rewarding the people for the time investment. While also not eliminating the chance for the like the the not not as skilled players, I love that so much. Yeah, um, yeah. It makes me happy. Like, <laughs> like giving people stuff for time investments in destiny, insanity, and much of the world. My God, <laughs> what? It's right, not like I've so, been saying I need that for trials uh, at all. Oh no, you're good. Um. So, and one last thing from, from this week's uh, twid was the fact that this, like, as we are kind of already hinted at, this Tuesday, folks, Solstice of Heroes, or now it's just called Solstice, is returning. The yeah. armor, the armor looks freaking immaculate. I don't care what anybody says. 
The armor looks fabulous. I'm so excited. It looks regal. It looks like uh, a matador at a uh, a rodeo somewhere. I'm so excited, bro. It looks so regal. It looks so great. I know a lot of people were like sort of upset that like the elemental lights are kind of like dimmed down and like inside the coats and whatnot, but like I, I don't I like care, that. fam. I like that. As someone who has visual issues, like I I like that. I as much as I enjoy the glows and as much as I am all for people, for other people enjoying their glows. I like something that has more of a backlit look. I I think that's really fucking cool. But for me, looking at that Warlock set, man, you know what that takes me back to? That takes me back to, like, Season of the Worthy and that really sick, like, Rasputin armor that, that almost looked... Okay, look, look, you can judge me all you want, but I love the look of Russian military armor <laughs> and having that look back with the, you know, with the double breasted coat and the chains and the pauldrons. I think that looks so freaking cool, man. I can't wait to wear that. I've got all my bright dust saved, saved up, man. Oh, you know, I got, I got 8,000, but to buy that shit on, on Tuesday, I'm excited. 11,500? Um, and also, yeah, I... I, I on. Spit some of that paper, man. Come on, man. Looks, looks so exciting. Looks so exciting. Now, the one thing that I want to stress, and I really recommend, and, we're, and we always include it in the show notes, I really recommend people sit down and read the twid because it fully explains how to go through the solstice and how to do it. Matter of fact, how long is this? It ain't even that long. Screw it. So how it works is the firebound. The firebound buff is only available by doing the main activity bonfire bash. Um, when close to a fire team member, it gains increased recovery and super regeneration during the activity. Flare, the, uh, the flare buff is specifically in bonfire bash and in Van- Vanguard ops playlists. Rapidly defeating combatants to unleash waves of paracalls of fire, dealing damage to nearby enemies. During Solstice, you can chase down desired god roll armor. What they mean by that is Solstice, especially because of last year and now this year, they've modified the system and made it so this is the best time to get high stat armor. Like, this is the best time. Like, I know Dungeons and the vendors at the helm have been recorded to be the best, like, like the best during the year. Solstice right now is going to be the best time for casual players, for hardcore players to invest their time and get high stat armor. How it works is you go into Bonfire Bash, you earn silver leaves. Then you, then you, well, actually, you go like to do random activities in the game to earn silver leaves. Then you go into Bonfire Bash and turn your leaves into silver ash. Then you spend the silver ash on, and to re-roll your armor stats that you on the different Solstice armor pieces that you buy from Ava. And you'll be able to then turn like like have like high stat recovery, high stat resilience, be able to use those and have the high armor you want. So definitely, definitely, definitely use that to your advantage. And you can get kindling to combine with those pieces to get the high stat armor by like doing the different solstice event challenges. So use your stuff wisely, get high stat armor for your builds and do Go do it. Go do it. I know Bonfire Bash is not that exciting, but the time investment for the rest of the year is going to be so worth it. I highly recommend it. 
go do it. You won't regret it. I promise you. Like, this is the best event the whole year for your builds. Take advantage of it. If, if Halloween is the best time for your weapons, this is the best time for your build. So definitely take advantage of it. PSA. Okay. PSA. PSA. Resilience is the most important stat on your stat list. Yep. You should always there. have a fucking resilience. That's it just a PSA class. from Diva. So I don't care what class you are. I'm a hunter. I run 100 resilience and like 80 mobility and 5 recovery. Yep. But now, Diva, doesn't that hurt the, the build crafting capabilities of other classes besides Titan? <laughs> no. Resilience keeps you alive. That is a yep. 35% damage reduction across the board. But what if I'm a hunter who wants to run high mobility for my dog, David? High mobility is great, but surviving is more important. But what you if I want to run high recovery from, from, from my, uh, from my, uh, my rifts, David? I'm a warlock. You can't rift if you're dead. Yep. <laughs> Goddamn right. Goddamn right. See, I've been oh. saying this for so long. I've been saying this so much because I remember when um, 100 Resilience gave you a 40% of damage resistance and people were like, were like all up in arms about it saying it was too busted and saying it was hurting build crafting potential. But here's the thing. I, my controversial take in regards to that is Bungie should just make a an extra like stat block for your class ability. Like a specific class ability stat like a mana bar or something like that, like where you where your class ability is judged separately from the rest of your kit. Because truth be told, in any, in any other RPG, your resilience is your defense stat. Your recovery is how fast you recover health, and yada, yada, et cetera. But for some reason, because of Titan's class ability being tied to resilience, people feel that, and because you have to invest the resilience into, into the other characters, People see this as a build crafting hindrance, and it's like no, because in any other game, your defense matters in high level content. Like, what's the problem here? But because of the class abilities being tied, people see it as a problem. It is, but it's not. And this is the reason why I think it is, right? Because it actively hinders warlocks and hunters, right? Because titans are always going to build into resilience because it's the their class ability day, right? And who doesn't want to have their class ability more, right? right? But when you look at it from a standpoint of a hunter specifically, I feel like hunters get hit with this even worse because hunters don't have a dump stat, right? If you're a warlock or you're a titan, you can just dump mobility and have five mobility and be perfectly fine yep. and not feel any different and have 100 uh, recovery and 100 resilience. But when you're a hunter, you can't just dump mobility because that's our dodge. So our dodge keeps us alive. So then you get people out there who are crazy like poor old Diva here and just say, fuck it, I'll dump recovery and put everything into uh, mobility, resilience, and discipline because those are the stats I use the most. And then I get wild looks when I go into GMs. I'm like, you got five recovery? Not 50, but five? What is this? Who bro, are you? Th th this man it's rolled in here with eight recovery the other day, and I was like, bro, what are you doing? Are you yep. insane? I bet it yep. was. 
It's never it hidden. I, I, I will. I will agree. He made it work. It was funny. Um, but that's so, where know, crafting comes in, kids. Where build crafting comes in. You yeah. know, you gotta make your 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 subclass work for you. I am a night stalker hunter, so what I lack in recovery, I just make up for and devour. I like mm-hmm. devour all the like. You're welcome, by the way, as the resident warlock. Hey, well, <laughs> every, everyone can get devour now because of the fragments, honey. We don't need warlocks no more. I I, I know, but us warlocks had it first, just like blink. So you're welcome. Well, and, <laughs> oh, and, tr- and truth be told, the one thing that I've kind of resented ever since Void 3.0 came out is the fact that like. Volatility used to be a Ursa Furiosa Titan specialty, and then like they're like, "Hey, let's give it to everyone." Look, I feel I the same know. way about my hunter dodge. Everybody's got a, a some form of a dodge. Uh, <laughs> I really don't feel very class ability right now. But I, I look, I have eaten my t-shirt and I have swallowed <laughs> my feelings. We all just got to deal with. It. All right, all right, and one last thing before we we close out. Uh, there like the first ever strand rocket launcher is going to be in the rotation for Solstice. Um, it will be kind of a good r- rocket launcher for PvP, but like otherwise, this this thing ain't looking that hot from what Light GG's talking about. So like, b- b- like a uh, farm at your own uh hit, at, at your own expense because uh, not a lot of people are going to be farming that. But we'll no, see. Um, it can be a god roll right once you start. So like, 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 like if you actually look at the perk pool, it ain't looking that hot. Like, so like, there's no vorpal, there's no explosive light, there's no bait and switch, there's no nothing. Like, like the best you're gonna get is like freaking what? Like, I think like someone was trying to say that you could run like envious and uh hatchling to make a bunch of freaking worms or some shit. But like otherwise, I, I don't know. we gonna see. But um, but, but that, that 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 is this week's episode, folks. Uh, don't forget that you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Um, Amazon Music and Audible, iHeartRadio, all those great places. You can follow us on Twitter at Cosmodrome Radio. Uh, you can check out the merch shop at shop.cosmodromeradio.com. We've left at the Pride merch for a little bit longer, so make sure you check that out. And we are going to be back next week on our normal schedule, so make sure you check that out because we will be talking about Solstice and much more. Uh, David, what is your closing statement for this episode? Our closing statement is Destiny Community. Veterans casuals new lights do not be assholes to the devs i know you have some constructive criticism quote unquote constructive criticism out there that you feel like they just gotta know and that's okay but let's not harass them because the more time they suing the shit out of people who are being bad actors the less time they spend like actually developing for the game. Amen. So let's let's be civil here. Amen. Tower, how you feeling? To add on to Davis' statement, don't fucking cheat. Mm. Just 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 don't do it. Okay? Okay. Don't don't fucking do it. There's no reason for you to be able to throw every single super that exists in this game. Yeah, and no, don't I saw that happen. Right. And, There's no reason you should have infinite, fully auto xenophage, and you can fly around the map. Right. Yeah. And don't fucking harass people that you play against. Mm-hmm. Good fucking god! Don't don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. And don't fucking cheat. 
And don't be like that dude from WoW that spent an entire year on the hardcore server raiding with people for an entire year just to go to one specific raid just to get them all killed in one fucked up moment. And ruin that, that, that sounds very maniacal. Don't be that guy. Michael's entertainment, folks, is going to be, look, we really got to stop being mean to each other in this game. Like, I, there, there was somebody in our clan today that literally got hate mail and got called a bot for like for how they were playing in mayhem today like there 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 is so much childishness going on in this community on a base level like there are like now granted there are there are some great criticism and some great critiques that have been going on from astacross to, to different members of the community like i will stand by what jake said about the pvp community and i'll stand by what glad said about the the true haters of the pvp community that are hating on pve there's a lot of different opinions that are going around that need to be heard. Are there some opinions that are kind of outlandish and that don't need to be listened to? Most definitely. But is there some criticism that needs to be lobbied at Bungie? Definitely. But there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And I really truly feel like we need to look inward because here in a minute, there's a lot of concerns that Bungie's going to abandon us once um, Final Shape is over and once marathon comes out green and bungie has said to the press they're not going to but truth be told the way the, the way the community has been acting i wouldn't blame them and we need to start being better as a community that way bungie feels their investment is worth it so i feel like we need to do better by our people be better by our community be the community we want to see in the world and be the, the the shining beacon that that bungie has tried to be and we need to do what saint 14 always talks about when we enter trials and outshine the opposition so we will catch you folks next week right here, and we will catch you to our side. Out.